Welcome to the PMHMP podcast, the definitive podcast for those passionate about mental health throughout every stage of life, whether you're an aspiring professional or a seasoned expert or someone simply keen on understanding the intricate world of psychiatric care, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. John Rossi, a certified PMHMP nurse educator and lead content creator and instructor at Clarity Education Systems and www.pmhmptesting.com. This is our first episode and we wanted to create a podcast that is specifically focused on progressing the advanced mental health nurse practitioner profession while helping new PMHMPs prepare for and pass their ANCC certification exam. Now, as the field of psychiatry evolves, so does our understanding of mental health across the lifespan, from the challenges faced in childhood and adolescence to the specific concerns of adulthood in the golden years, mental health and mental well-being remains paramount at every stage. Now, if you're on the path to becoming a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner or PMHMP, our episodes will not only enlighten and inform, but they'll also prepare you for the ANCC board certification. Consider this podcast as your companion on this vital journey. So our plan is to do this through expert interviews, case studies, and discussions on the latest research and best practices. Really, our aim is to provide a holistic understanding of mental health care. We'll delve into diagnostic strategies, therapeutic interventions, pharmacological considerations, and so much more. Our mission is to really equip future PMHMPs with knowledge, skills, and insight needed to excel in their roles and to make a real and tangible difference within their health communities. So whether you're in gearing up for your board certification, looking for a redefined clinical approach or practice, or simply eager to understand the multifaceted world of psychiatry through the ages, there is something here for everyone. Join us as we embark on this enlightening journey through the world of lifespan psychiatry. Together, we'll explore, learn, and inspire change. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and let's set forth on this transformative expedition together. Welcome to the PMHMP podcast. Before we get started with the main topic, I want to assume that we may have some listeners that are new to the PMHMP role or just now exploring the possibility of becoming a PMHMP. So PMHMPs are advanced practice registered nurses or APRNs who specialize in psychiatric and mental health care. They hold a master's or doctoral degree in nursing with specialized training in psychiatric mental health care across the lifespan or what we call from cradle to grave care. Our education covers a range of topics including pharmacology, psychopathology, psychotherapy, and physical assessments. PMHMPs are qualified to assess, diagnose, and treat individuals with psychiatric disorders, which include conducting thorough psychiatric evaluations, diagnosing mental health conditions, developing and managing treatment plans, prescribing medications in the states that are granted prescription authority to nurse practitioners, providing psychotherapy, and then finally offering interventions to support mental health individuals, families, and groups. We really can work in a variety of settings to include hospitals, mental health clinics, private practices, schools, and many other locations. Now, while PMHMPs can often provide care independently, they also collaborate with other healthcare professionals such as psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, primary care providers, all of these individuals and teams to ensure that we have comprehensive patient care in place. Now, in most cases, after completing their educational programs, PMHMPs must pass a certification exam 
to practice as a board-certified PMHMP. Apart from direct clinical care, we offer and engage in activities to promote mental health awareness, provide education to patients and families, and advocate for mental health policy and reforms. The role of the PMHMP is critical in the mental health landscape, especially in regions where limited access to psychiatric care exists, as we can help bridge that gap and offer a comprehensive service to those who need it the most. All right, with that quick introduction, let's get into our main topic today. In this first episode, I really wanted to introduce myself and our program, as well as touch on one of the most commonly asked questions about preparing for the certification exam, and that is, how much should I study right before the exam date? So let's start this podcast journey by diving deep into the age-old debate, cramming versus consistent studying. Is it better to burn the midnight oil in one marathon session or break it up into study sessions over several days. Now, this discussion is not going to consider the weeks leading up to the exam. Our review program recommends that we have at least six weeks of consistent and focused study in preparation for the certification exam. Instead, today, we're only going to be looking at the days just prior to actually taking the test. So, have you ever found yourself pulling an all-nighter, gulping down coffee, Mountain Dew, or some other type of toxic pick-you-up while trying to memorize pages of notes, only to find yourself exhausted the next day during that exam? It is very common approach, and one that is, well, it's overall dangerous when you consider your overall health, but also your overall grade as well. There is ample research to suggest that spacing out your study sessions over time or a phenomenon that is called spacing effect, enhances long-term retention. This is likely because the brain gets multiple opportunities to encode and then consolidate that information. The spacing effect, also known as distributed practice, refers to learning that is more effective when study sessions are spaced out over time rather than crammed into one single long session. This effect has been consistently demonstrated across a variety of subjects and age groups. This is uh, making it one of the most robust findings in cognitive psychology as it pertains to educational research. Now, let's break it down. Study in 30 minutes a day for four days before your exam versus cramming for two hours the night before. That's really what we're looking at here. Which one is more effective? Well, according to the spacing effect, it's more effective for the student to distribute these two hours or whatever timetable you're looking at over multiple days rather than just cramming those hours right before the exam or the night before the exam. Students who pace their studies tend to grasp concepts more deeply. Each session allows them to revisit and reinforce their understanding. They're less stressed, more rested, and come exam time, they're absolutely ready to go. The exact reason why spacing effect works is still a topic of research, but one hypothesis is that the act of forgetting and then relearning material in spaced intervals strengthens memory. Another theory really postulates that space repetition allows for better encoding of information since the cognitive resources aren't being exhausted in one long session. As a matter of fact, many modern study techniques and tools such as flashcard apps like Unki and Quizlet use the principles of the spacing effect. They implement algorithms for spaced repetition, where items the learner finds difficult are reviewed more frequently, while easier items are presented less often. 
the expanding retrieval practice or a specific application of the spacing effect involves increasing the time intervals between study sessions. So for example, if you're trying to memorize a set of facts, you might review them after one day, then two days, then four days, and so on. So this approach can be particularly effective. Spaced practice not only improves performance on the exam or test in the near term, but it also leads to better long-term retention of information, which is super important for your clinical practice after your exam. And let's not forget sleep, right? That's probably one of the most important factors when it comes to cognitive retention and understanding information. Sleep plays a critical role in memory consolidation. So when studying just before sleeping, the brain is allowed to process that information overnight. On the other hand, cramming sacrifices this precious processing time. Now, you might wonder, isn't two hours in one night the same amount of time as 30 minutes over four days? Well, technically, yes, but the quality of those hours is what matters. Shorter, consistent sessions allow for better focus. Two continuous hours can lead to cognitive fatigue, making it harder to retain that valuable information that you're trying so desperately to understand in order to apply it on your exam test date. Keep in mind there's also anxiety, right, and stress associated with that last-minute cramming. Now, stress, especially during exams, releases cortisol. While a little bit can be motivating, such as when studying in intervals, too much cortisol impairs memory retrieval, such as how we see when we're doing that last-minute study cramming. So consistent studying reduces stress, setting you up for ultimate success. Now, despite its proven benefits, space practice can be challenging to implement because it does require some foresight and discipline. It's often tempting for students to delay studying until the last minute, leading to cramming. So pacing your studies not only aids memory retention, but also reduces stress and ensures better sleep. So instead of that all-nighter, try 30 minutes of focused study over a few days that week before you go in to take your ANCC certification exam. Thank you for tuning in to the PMHMP podcast today. Remember, it's not about the hours you put in, but how you use them. Next time, join me and our special guest as we explore some of the most stressful aspects of providing mental health care. Until next time, remember to shine brightly.